Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast on asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile. I am the chief content officer of asweatlife.com. And we are so excited today to have on the podcast, Stephen Lease. He is the co-founder of Gooder. And Stephen, I'm going to take a second to read your uh, very official and very professional biography. You ready? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Steven's spirit animal is an octopus. He's soul bonded with a basset hound and he is 16% flamingo. And as an aside, I would argue maybe more based on your current aesthetic journey. <laughs> he is currently the CEO, chief executive octopus of the sunglasses brand Gooder and the co-host of the Culture Gooder podcast. Since Steven co-founded Gooder in 2015, his sixth company, Gooder has grown to over 75 employees, is sold in over 3,000 doors worldwide, and has won numerous awards, including Gear of the Year by Runner's World Magazine and Best Places to Work by Inc. Magazine. He would love it if all of this were due to his brand building knowledge and emotional intelligence, but he admits that it's mostly due to surrounding himself with people smarter, nicer, and funner than him. Stephen, that is quite a biography. I think it, I think it accurately describes who I am, though, so it, it fits perfectly. Right, I hear a lot of your voice in it. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. I think uh, what I realized when you were reading that is, is I got to update it because I think we're almost over 100 employees in about 5,000 doors now worldwide. Wow. Okay. Noted. For the official record, um, we now yeah. have <laughs> of the biography. Um, and for the, the listeners at home who can't see us, uh, I am wearing my favorite pair of Gooder sunglasses. I think these are the Flamingo. No, these are the Influencers in the Wild. Some, some influencers people. pay double. Influencers pay double. Um, and Stephen, which ones are you wearing? These are uh, brand new ones. These actually launch uh, next week. These are uh, Squawking on Sunshine, so like a flamingo print. Perfect. Well, this podcast episode will come out next week. We are uh, recording in the past for the listeners at home. So you will have the chance to be one of the first to own those. Um, Stephen, <laughs> I have dominated the conversation in our first couple of minutes. So now it's your turn. I would love to hear a little more about your journey, um, your previous five companies that you founded and how you got to where you are sitting in front of a very strong statement wall in a Zoom with me. Today. Yeah. You know, it's funny talking about high achievers. I'm clearly a high achiever at this point in my life. And when but when I think back, I, I, I found my stride later in life of like what drove me. I, I really struggled in high school and college. I barely graduated both. And it's shocking to people to meet me now because like, that's fascinating because I've, I've just found things I love. So I think um, that's just a really important thing for me to know. And mm -hmm. when, when, you, when you hear my bio, it's like everybody thinks it's a wild, this like fairy tale. And it kind of is, except for we've had major problems and like you said, this is the sixth company I've either started or been a part of starting. The other five uh, failed to some degree or another. Success, failure, success, failure. And so uh, I think there's a lot of learnings in there. And um, we are here today because of just the work that has been put in. Yeah. So you were a late bloomer is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting. I just didn't resonate with school. I was really a really good problem solver. I started working really young and loved work. And so just school and reading comprehension was not my thing. And, and I mean, my, my two favorite things in the world are spell check and the fact that everything now I consume audio because I hate reading. Yep. yep. That makes sense. Um, well, tell me about the first five companies you founded that failed and, and how they got you to this place today. Yeah. You know, 
nothing actually tied to sunglasses or running because uh, we we started as a as a run brand originally. There was a really high end industrial water treatment company. I started with my dad when I was twenty three. Uh, really bizarre, but as a 22, 23 year old, <laughs> I was putting on, I was putting on a shirt and tie and selling $150,000 water treatment systems to golf courses. And this looks like dad, the exact opposite of what you <laughs> are right now. It is the exact opposite, but you know, when you're that young, putting on a shirt and tie is, uh, gives you credibility. Mm-hmm. And I self-taught myself how to do sales pitches and, uh, build websites from scratch and marketing. And that was, a, there was a, a, a gift there. And, and so there was that, there was uh, a company called uh, uh, Mermosis, which was basically shower, uh, shower filters that with cities with bad water, I started with my partner, Carrie, mm-hmm. um, a company called Style Movement, which was mobile salons and, you know, thinking of food trucks, but, but salons, uh, and had a production company and I'm trying to think, I'm missing something in there, but right. Just different things. I, I was very much a like, all right, let me try it. What does it work? No, great. And everything started as a side hustle. Some things ended up being permanent for a while and then they worked. Nice. Uh, and I have, I've read the Gooder origin story where um, you realized quite abruptly that running sunglasses looked like absolute crap. Um, so walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I got into running later in life. So I didn't run my first marathon until I was till 2012. And then, you know, five years later, I'm running 100 mile ultras. But in that in that journey, really, if you, you know, for those who are watching, but if, for those of you who know me, I'm really into fashion and fun and, and realized that running sunglasses had three major problems. They're ugly, they're really expensive, and they were over-engineered. And so our brand, our brief for Gooder was to make them fun and fashionable, uh, affordable and performance without the extra bullshit. And so that's, that's what we did. And, and that's what, like, that, that was the problem we saw and the solution to launch the brand. Yeah. Um, I can vouch for that before I, I found gooder sunglasses, my go-to running sunglasses were, uh, part of a 30 pack of like the party favor sunglasses that you get on Amazon. Yep. They're like, they're kind of like the, the Wayfarer type, but they're neon and plastic. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if I scratch them up. I don't care if I lose them. I don't care if a car runs over them. I'm just going to buy these in bulk and I'm going to cycle through them. Um, but then I found Gooder and I've been loving them. I've got two pairs that I rotate between. Um, and the price point is amazing because it's just enough that I'm like, ooh, this is a great quality, but like not enough that I am deterred from buying another pair when I when I feel the urge. Yeah, for the listeners out there, it's $25 and $35. That's Those are our only two price points. And you know, a lot of things, what you said are why the company you started, I used to just buy $10 gas station Wayfair sunglasses. And, um, and then you, we, when you know about the eyewear, you, when you, when you start learning about the eyewear industry, you realize how much you're overcharged for a lot of sunglasses. So for, so for us, we're super efficient and we're, we're, we, we run a pretty tight company. So we're able to charge a lot less at a high quality and it's been fun. You say you run a super tight ship, so you're really efficient, and yet you're still growing a lot. Like you just those stats you just told me, you've grown by what, like thirty percent since your bio was last updated. So how have yeah, you yeah. how have you balanced that out? The, the growth with still maintaining, especially with such a strong company culture. I always think that's interesting how companies maintain that culture while still scaling. Yeah. So we, I mean, um, 
uh, a bunch of things. One, from the, we, we own our own company, and so there's good and bad. The good is we can do what we want. The bad is we don't have deep pocketbooks. And so when that's the case, you learn to spend money just, I don't know, more efficiently. And mm-hmm. you don't, the, the, like these dangle, these like bright, shiny things out there, we actually can't get them because we can't afford them, Yeah, which has really helped. Uh, from the beginning, our culture was, we've had our culture the way it is from the beginning. And I love sunglasses and I love the brand, but really the benefit for me of running a successful company is to do all the fun culture stuff that I always wanted to do. And, and so, you know, from the beginning, we're really detailed. Like every person here has a detailed role deck of their job, what they do, what's, what their deliverables are weekly, monthly, quarterly. Um, there's a quarterly review, there's constant feedback loops. And we built that from the ground up where every department here, there's 13 of them, has their own values, what wins look like, their team, weekly team meetings. So legit, it's all digital. But if you were printed out, there would just be a giant book of how our like of how our businesses ran. And it's been so I think that is really like we're we're very big on clarity, understanding what what wins look like. And then how we keep the culture the same is. We evolve it as we go because the the fool's gold is thinking we could keep a we can keep the culture the exact same of a twenty person company as a hundred person company. We have to evolve it, and but the big thing is how do we evolve it the right way and keep the essence of what we want to do here. Mm-hmm. Well, not to mention you've had to figure out how to maintain or evolve that company culture over a global pandemic. How has that gone for you? For sure, we were fortunate in a sense that even before. The pandemic, we were a super remote company. So you only had to be in the office Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday was optional for everyone. And so we had everything set up to already be super virtual. So that transition was easy company culture wise. Obviously, the not being in person for a long time was was a big struggle. So there's culture. And then from a business standpoint, we lucked out. We were good and we lucked out. We pivoted quickly. We cut our expenses to zero. We really focused on what we thought would move the needle. And for us, we had a really strong drug consumer business. So I would joke that we hit COVID Plinko in a sense that you drop the ball in, all right, pivot quickly, stop spending money, ding, 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 pivot quickly. Uh, Gooder.com is really strong. So so uh, put energy there, ding, ding, ding. The only thing people can do right now is be outside and, and play golf and run. Ding, 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 in an economic downturn, you're a $25 price point. Like we win, we win. And there's a lot of, we got lucky in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm I'm so impressed, and I will vouch that your direct consumer experience, the website, is actually really fun and enjoyable. And I'm a a copywriter and a, a words person, and that's the first thing I've noticed about uh, the Gooder website is just how well you use your words. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's get into the official questions of this podcast, uh, the goal related questions. So. Yeah. We'll start with the first one, as we always do. What is a goal that you've had in the past? Why was it important to you? And how did you achieve it? For sure. I mean, I can go through any number of goals. I, I, I've i really kind of tricked myself into, uh, I'm a big process person. I believe in celebrating the work over the result. And so if you're training for a marathon, you know, I've had time goals, right? I've had really low time goals in a marathon. And but for me, it's it's all about all right. All right, you got to get out and you got to run this many miles a week, and that's the focus. Like if you if you do that every week for six months, the result will come. And so, you know, for sure, infinite amount of 
of races is a huge one. Uh, and then one that's, you know, this year, starting in January, some people around here, we started doing, uh, we started with 35 pushups a day and we added on five a week. And then we got to where we were doing a hundred sets, a hundred, uh, a set of a hundred. And, and then what we realized is our form was garbage. So we hit a hundred, then we reset, we reset, uh, after July 4th to, um, uh, perfect pushups and we're adding on one a week. And so back down to like 20, but, but they have to be perfect. And so those are just two examples. Um, and then I also, you know, randomly as I have a goal right now to do gratitude practice five days a week, meditate five days a week, uh, call my family one, call somebody, a member of my family one day a week. And so I have a pretty intricate system of a lot of different uh, goals. You are incredibly organized and it seems also very deliberate about the goals you choose. Like, it doesn't seem like you just throw a dart at a wall and hope it sticks and like aimlessly chase after it. For sure. I, I'm, uh, I believe in controlled chaos. And so what I mean by that is I like to have fun. I, I, you know, and, and so how do I can create the right containers that I can play in however I want? Um, I don't believe in really you know, I do vision boards for sure. And I kind of put aspirational things on there, but I don't really set goals. Like I want to live in a mansion in five years, or mm -hmm. I want to be the CEO of a hundred person company. Like that was, ne those are never goals. Cause I think that's that you, you have a carrot mindset instead of the work ethic mindset. And so, uh, that's it. But, but really at the end of the day, like, I, all these systems are designed because I, I love the process. I love the work. And like, I want to, uh, I always joke, I love getting what I want and, and what, and getting what I want, I have to do right. In my mind. Well, if I want this, I can do all this work ahead of time. And so there's also just a, a thing that's very true uh, around that person's like, this is how I get what I want. Yeah. Perfect. You've, I mean, you've got it all mapped out. You've, you've got the goods, you know, what's up. Um, let's talk a little bit about mixing entrepreneurship with friendship because you co-founded Gooder with a friend of yours, right? Yeah, I mean, to, to, it's Carrie, Ben, and I, we all went to high school together, uh, mm -hmm. uh, class of 2000, and Carrie's my, Carrie's my ex-life partner. We were together during when we started the brand, so we were together mm -hmm. for 13 years. Um, mm -hmm. Ben's one of my best friends, so, like, there's three of us that are, you know, really, really tight here. Yeah. How do you manage those relationships when you are chasing these big goals and, you know, working in, I, I, I imagine working for Gooder is as low stress as you can possibly make it, but it's still a stressful thing to be in charge of a hundred people. Yeah, for sure. I think that we, we've been very fortunate, right. Where we get along, we have complementary skill sets. There's a lot of egos that were like, like we don't have a, a lot of ego here and you know, what everybody does is kind of, so, so we, we just been very fortunate in that aspect, right? There was never like a fight for who wanted to be CEO. Uh, my other Carrie and Ben are like, this is that the last job I want. Uh, uh, like I've heard them, you know, say that before. And, and so the, we're very fortunate in that mindset. Also, there's been a ton of other friends that, that have worked here. Some of them still do and some of them don't. So there's, there's also been other sides of that where it was fun for a while. And then it just didn't make sense because like I told a lot of, I told actually everybody here a different version of this is we're doing something really special at this company. Our mm -hmm. culture is amazing. People love it. How we're connecting with the consumer. And I'm not going to fuck this up for you 
or you or you or you or anybody else here. And and so there's there, there there's there's been you know there's been other sides of it than like the the glossy Carrie Ben and I side that, that that's out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're committed to everyone, and I feel like that commitment really shows through in how you engage with your employees and how you help them set goals and you know fit in these buckets of controlled chaos that you spoke about. Yeah, and I'm committed to the truth, right? Of like, hey, let's like we are we give feedback quarterly, mm-hmm. you know, open feedback. Where do you stand? And usually here at Gooder, when people leave, they're kind of, they kind of just it just the, the fit stops working. Like I'm sick of just getting this feedback. It's like that, that is also okay. Like that's also like an that's actually a good thing too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you walk through creating these goals and these processes and what looks like these wins? what these wins for your employees look like? Um, what What's sort of your, your process for helping other people set goals and define those wins? Yeah, for sure. You know, the bigger we get, the harder it gets. But it starts with every, anytime we have a new, a new role at the company, there's a whole process to pitch the role. And you have to create the job posting, the elaborate role deck, what the responsibilities, what are their deliverables, and so that from the beginning, so everybody comes in, there's a template for what success looks like, mm-hmm. but we never, we never reward or punish people. Like, like there's no sales target goals, right? We, we, we have a revenue goal that we're trying to hit, but if your channel is not hitting that, you're not getting dinged or, uh, and if your channel is over that, you're not, we have no commission here. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, cool. Are you doing the things daily? Are you are you doing X, Y, and Z? Are you following the process and 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 believing the results will come? And so, there's a lot of message repeat on that. And and I would say, yeah, outlining a, a weekly, monthly, quarterly deliverable, like tangible things. Because you can't just say like work hard, right? That's not a real, that's not a thing. Uh, and so, actual deliverables, actual um, processes in place, and then we're all going to fuck up. And so the, the, the pool's gold isn't the optical illusion isn't thinking that everybody's going to be perfect. It's just under understanding that you might have, you have to nudge people at certain times, present mm-hmm. company included. I also need to be nudged. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing a lot of too, is that you are very prescriptive instead of very reactive. You're not just creating positions because TikTok's blowing up and now you need a new social media person just for that. For sure. And right. There's, there's a lot of, um, Yes, that is that is very true. And then also, we want to be more nimble. TikTok's a really good example where uh, Carrie, uh, mm-hmm. who's co-founder, she she's all the cool content you see her team makes. She, I think, was at Ad Week in like 2018 or 19, and saw this thing on TikTok. And now she goes, you know, I thought to myself, we got to be on TikTok, but oh no, we're not going to do that because we have to hire a new person, and. And she for sure regrets just not pursuing that because in this world, we, we for sure want to be very deliberate, but also how do we be opportunistic too? And so it's a dance that we're learning as we go. Yeah. And I mean, the example of TikTok is especially conducive because it's all reaction like to the latest meme, the latest sound, the latest dance. Yes. Kind of messy and kind of quick, and that's I think that's the content that really thrives on there. If you're asking me, <laughs> for sure, no, I agree. And there's not a real, there's not a, I don't, I haven't seen any monetization models that work. And so you have to be able to invest it, just be okay with the messiness and the learn as you go. And so we're actually getting ready to launch on TikTok. I don't know, 
I think this month. And we, all, all the things that you said is true. We have to be quick. We have to be okay with the messiness of it. And when you, when you're a high producer, like we are like top tier content, there's an uncomfortableness we're living right now, Kristen, (laughs) going into this world. Yeah, I can imagine. Before we take a break for some Zen with Sunday Scaries, we want to remind you how obsessed we are with their delicious and super effective CBD-infused gummies packed with vitamins D3 and B12. And you can enjoy 20% off on their website with code LIFE20. So you can enter max relax mode. That's L-I-F-E-2-0. Now let's take a pause with some easy box breathing. First, exhale all your air and prepare to breathe in counts of four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three. Four, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. There, that's not so scary. Now go take on the day. Let's move on towards our second big question. Uh, Tell me about a goal that you have for the future and why it's important to you and how you're working towards it. Ooh, uh, so what's really interesting is um, I've also, in 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 the goal world, I've been, I've been playing with this mindset a little bit because, uh, right, goals, we can only, if your goal is to run a three-hour marathon, you are a failure until that goal happens. And so, uh, right, how do you kind of, how do you set intentions? So I've kind of been playing with actually just the language of the word goals in general. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, all right, well, this is my intention because it, it frees it up. But we're emotionally intelligent enough to understand that if you run a three, if you run a three hour and one minute marathon, your goal is 259. It is not a failure. Right. And, um, so I just, I, I just, I want to get that up because I think it's an interesting conversation around goals and intentions and what they mean. Noted um, and <laughs> so, um, right now I am getting ready to move. And so a lot of things I have paused, but coming out of coming out of the move, I have, uh, a, a two big things that um, I want to set a goal on is I've always wanted to learn to play an instrument. Um, and so I've went in and out of ukulele. There's actually ukulele hanging on my wall over there. Really? And so I'm going to set a goal to uh, just play the ukulele for 30 minutes a day. That's the goal. Um, and, and it's for, for six months and see where that goes. So like, I, I believe, uh, so, so that's one. And then, um, uh, a goal in the next two years is I want to spend two, I want to spend 30 days, two times a year, not living in LA. So working remotely. So that might be living in Europe. And so those are, those are things that I like, like one is a very tangible thing. The other one I need to figure, I don't have the action plan yet to put in place to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but it's on your vision board. You're putting it sure. the, the Eiffel Tower and, yes. you know, yeah. Roman relics and all that stuff to get there. Yeah. Cause I love work. So I don't, I don't want to just like take a bunch of, um, I don't want to take, I don't actually, I take a ton of vacation, probably one, some of the, one of the highest achievers at the company in vacation standpoint, but I take a lot of three day weekends and four day weekends. I'm not a big 30 day off at a time person. Cause I don't yeah. actually like that. Yeah. Well, I also think the way that you're framing it as working from another location will fill your creative juices in another way. Like I think that gives you a lot of new motivation, new inspiration. You're surrounded by new people, new ideas, new visions. I think it could actually be really beneficial to you to do that. Yeah, I agree. And I think I would, when I do it, the goal would be to work like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every week. And they, so I like, cause like, uh, so you can actually enjoy the area you're yeah. in, but yeah, I agree. Like, like the energy comes from the surroundings in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Any particular destinations in mind? So, uh, I think I would do kind of like, like, like a, I mean, uh, the, the the top of the list are uh, Tokyo, uh, Paris, and then uh, London. London is I'll probably do an English speaking country first in the first time in full transparency because it's just an easier mental lift. Um, but yeah, those those are kind of uh, the the ones that are at the top. Awesome. And then how uh, how is your ukulele experience going? Good. Well, Sean, who's a, the co-host of Culture Gooder Podcast, is a legit musician, and so. He, uh, he'll teach me and I went through, I went through waves of it, but the reality is, um, is once you, do you play an instrument, Kristen? I grew up playing piano, so I'm, I can yeah. read music. I'm familiar with it. No room for a piano okay. in aforementioned small condo. Yeah. Though, that's why I got a, a ukulele because of, yeah, yeah, it's easy and it's, there's only four chords and I, I can't read music, but I went through waves of doing songs. And the first time you play like a part of a song that you know right and you like even like if it's like a uh you know a Beatles song and you you know it it's a really it's a it's like a hit of dopamine that, that, yeah. that that's very real yeah you're like I cracked this code uh my dad has we have piano at my childhood home and he uses this music app and I, I mess around with it when I'm home and I learned how to play a Taylor Swift song over Christmas and I was just yeah. like I am the fucking coolest like no yeah. one has ever reached these levels and you know I'm like plinking it out like my fingers aren't nimble enough anymore to remember how to play chords and do long stretches but still like yeah it is a really fun feeling and you know with no real um there's no real finish line for that right it's just having yeah yeah and I think you know talking about goals I believe Eber Ritz Simon Sinek's book The Infinite Game Mm -mm. well you know kind of this idea of the goal of an infinite game is actually just to play as long as possible, right? There's, there, there might be small games inside the infinite game and it's a really important mindset because here at Gooder, the work never ends, right? The work never ends. It is infinite. So you better love the work. If you're a runner, kind of there is, there might be races in there. And so that mindset of just really um, enjoying what, what you're doing is super important. Cooking is another one. If you really, if you, yeah. I love cooking. If you cook, then you get to play in that game every day. And that's a, that's a cool place to be. It was a shock to me over the pandemic to realize that I had to make the choice of what to eat three times a day, at least for the rest of my life. Like there was just a day where I was just like, I don't care. Just give me a Soylent smoothie. Like just someone give me calories. 
Oh, you're not, you're not wrong. Cause I, uh, although I love to cook, I, for breakfast, I eat the exact same thing every day. It's a piece of, uh, uh, bread. It's a piece of like wheat spreaded bread with peanut butter on it. I, 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 that's, I, I could like, and then I order a salad from a sweet greens every day for lunch. And so dinner I cook, but I'm like the, the effort of every meal every day is actually too much. I was, I've been reading this book called, uh, is it the lazy genius? And okay. it's about how to, you know, train your brain to like make certain decisions easier so that you can devote your brain space to the things that actually matter. And that's one of the suggested strategies in the book is about deciding every day for breakfast, you're going to have the same thing. You only have to make that decision once until you're sick of that breakfast. Yeah, I agree with that mindset. I I believe that's, that's really important. I mean, it's, I couldn't get there, but it's why, you know, one of the reasons um, Steve Jobs just wore the exact same thing every day was it was one less thing you had to think about. Now, I, I clearly can't like that. That is my, <laughs> that's my one vice in the world is just, you know, floral print shirts, but yeah. I understand the mindset uh, uh, and I do it in other ways. Uh, I'm going to let you go here in a couple minutes, but before I do, I want to do a, a quick lightning round of questions. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Your spirit animal is an octopus. Why is that? Uh, octopuses are world crust problem solvers. So am I. Uh, they like to have their tentacles and everything, and I am a jack of all trades, and they're incredibly unique, and I, I think I am too. I love that answer. Uh, you, in your bio, said you're soul bonded with a basset hound. I would love for you to take 30 minutes to tell you everything about, tell me everything about this basset hound. 30 seconds. Oh, 30 okay. seconds. Not 30 minutes. I would take it, but we have yeah. So Bosley, Bosley passed away uh, in 2000. 20 early 2020 i believe uh sorry my, my years are getting confused and i had bosley for 12 years he was the king of kings uh bosley bastion dreams is a pair of glasses we have named after him and i growing up always had dogs never had a bastion always wanted one and then when was old enough got one so it was carrying my dog and there's you know those things in life where you you really want it and then you get it and you have like you have to like kind of make a decision does it live up to the expectation and bosley just surpassed it in every single way and so yeah love him more than anything and uh i will i will get a basset hound here another basset hound here soon we have some cute pictures of you with a lot of dogs to include yeah. in, uh this podcast post um favorite pair of gooder sunglasses to rock well, my favorite pair, uh, so two favorite pairs, Bosley's Best Hand Dreams, and then this actually pair right here, this is Flamingos on a Booze Crew, first pair yeah. we ever made, designed, named, the brand is built on this pair, the, <laughs> the essence of it is in it, it will always be my favorite, I don't actually ever believe it will change. <laughs> Most essential piece of running gear that is not a pair of gooders? Oh, you know what's interesting is... Uh, I mean, probably a tank top. I, uh, I'm pretty shoe agnostic and mm, that yeah, is rare. yeah, uh, we have different partners at Gooder. And so it's kind of like, who are we partnered with who gives me free shoes? Uh, but, uh, I like wearing, I like wearing a tank. Dog. I, don't, I don't like sleeves on. So for sure, a tank top. I, I'm with you. I feel restricted if I run in anything other than shorts, like I running yeah. in leggings, it's, it's not for me. Um, and then lastly, tell us the story behind the flamingo is the, the mascot of Gooder. Yeah, man, it's super. So Flamingos on a Boost Cruise, this class is, we, we started off writing origin stories for all of the names of our glasses. And so if you go to our website, you, you can go to any of them and there's a really in-depth, elaborate, absurd 
Theater of the Absurd uh, uh, origin story. And Ben, my partner, wrote this wrote the, this one here. And in there, just one line, he talks about us being on a booze cruise with the king of Fla- with the king of flamingos, Carl. Flash forward, um, we're launching the brand in 2015 from Carrie and I's apartment downtown LA. Using Step Station, there's a place you have to write the return address, and there's a you know it's like Gooder our address, but there's a place for your name, and I just wrote Carl the Flamingo just as a joke. People love it. Who's Carl the Flamingo? And then it took on a world of its own. Then we created like you started using him as an icon, and now he has his own Instagram feed. And it, but it really sprung from that one story. Wait, I didn't know this. Uh, can you plug Carl's Instagram feed real quick? Uh, yeah, it's just Carl the Flamingo. Uh, I think it's Carl the Flamingo at, at or I think it's just at Carl the Flamingo. Uh, and then he will be this Carl that you see here will be featured on our TikTok when we we launch it. It's actually just gonna be Carl's TikTok for us. Amazing. I'm sure he's going to yeah. come up with some great content for all of us. Yeah, he's a troublemaker, but uh, we love him. <laughs> Steven, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, this is your moment of shameless self-promotion. Where else can we find you on the internet? Where can we listen to your podcast? Where can we find Gooder? Awesome, Kristen. This has been wonderful. So I'm at Stephen Least, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-A-S-E, the Culture Gooder podcast. You can search Culture Gooder anywhere you get your podcast. We're also on Instagram at Culture Gooder and the brand at Gooder, G-O-O-D-R or Gooder.com. And you search us, we'll be there. And then we're in, you know, uh, a, t- a ton of stores too. So it, we're everywhere. Everywhere. 5,000 doors and counting. Yep. yep. <laughs> awesome. Correct. Thank you, Stephen, so much for being on the podcast. This has been another episode of We Got Goals. Thank you to Ryan Deffitt for editing the audio. Thank you to Ryan Beruga for editing the video. And thanks to you for listening. We will see you next week with another episode of We Got Goals.